If you have your Bible, and I hope that you do, join me this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And what you can do is put a marker there and hang on for just a second. We will get to and cover that text in just a couple of minutes. But one thing that I want to do as we start, um, of course, it's Easter Sunday. And it's, it's the day for, if you're like me and, and kiddos still... <laughs> kiddos at the house, even though they're a little bit older, uh, the Easter bunny comes and, and leaves a basket, because if he doesn't, there's mutiny in the house. But, uh, you know, we, we have a great day to celebrate being together as family, but for us today, the celebration, the celebration is of our risen King, and that's that's the, the meaning of today, and that's the, the focus for us today, and that's the joy that we have today is our king is risen. He's not in that grave anymore. It's, it's empty, and because of that, we have hope. We have peace. We have joy. We have so much to celebrate. And this morning truly is a celebration of who he is for us. And, and what I've done, and I want to read this for you, and it's, it's going to take a couple of minutes, but I went through, uh, and, and hear me carefully, I went through in the four Gospels the account of early Sunday morning. And I took all of those and put them together so that it just has a flow through as one story, one account of that morning. And I was so very careful not to leave anything out, not to skip over any details. And it was actually a little bit harder than I thought it would be. I thought, well, this will just go together really nice. Either it's my brain or... I don't know, but anyway, I've, I've put this together, and so what I want to read for you this morning, and just let this in celebration this morning, and in the joy of our risen King, just listen to these words. Let them resonate in your heart, and this is from Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10, Mark 16, 2 through 8, Luke 24, 1 through 12, and John 20. 1 through 29. It's a lot of scripture, and it's not going to be on the screen, so you're not going to be able to follow along, but uh, just listen to what happened on that first Easter morning, okay? Very early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Taking the spices that they had prepared on the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. As the women arrived, they look up, looked up and saw the stone 
which was very, very large, had been rolled away from the entrance. Then the angel spoke to the woman. Do not be afraid, he said. I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come and see where the body was lying. When they entered the tomb, they didn't find the body of the Lord, but they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that Jesus had said this, and now, the man said, go quickly and tell his disciples, including Peter, that he is risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you. Remember what I have told you. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell the eleven disciples and everyone else what had happened. They were frightened and bewildered, but also filled with great joy, and they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. As they went, Jesus met them and greeted them, and they ran to him, grabbed his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and I will see, they will see me there. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. Mary Magdalene said, They have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe. However, Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth that covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed for until then they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead and they went home Mary Magdalene was standing outside the tomb crying and as she wept she stooped and looked in she saw two white robed angels one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they've put him. She turned to leave and she saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked. 
Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. And he spoke, and he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side, and they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And again, he said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. One of the twelve disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. And they told him, We have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Amen, right? What, uh, what a day. I mean, think... Think about if, if you were there, because that's for me, again, the way is, is I read and I study and I, I go through the Word, I try to put myself there. And it's impossible, but my brain tries. And just think of what that day would be like. Think about the week that you've just been through, and I know I annoyed you with some text, but think about the week that Jesus just went through for us. For them, for what he was sent to do, was, was deserted, was mocked, was betrayed, was tried, was beaten, was crucified, died. And then Saturday, silence. Think what that was like. You've, you've spent your time with him. You've walked with him. You've seen the things that he's done. You've heard the things that he said. And then it's over. Just, just like that, it's over. And so the, the, the people that we just read about, Mary and the disciples and, and the others that were there, they, they go to do what what they need to do to prepare the body for burial, for, for formal burial. But it's not 
there? How would you feel? What would, what would you think? What would your reaction be? Would it be like it was Friday night? It's over. It's done. That's it. There's no more. What would you do when you had that first encounter with him like so many did in that account when they realized all that he had said, all that he had taught, all that he had promised was true. It was true. He defeated death. He defeated the grave. He is risen. And just, it, it's hard for me to put into words what that means to me. I don't know how you explain it to people. I, I really can't explain that so that it makes sense to someone that doesn't believe. But we have eyewitness accounts. We have hope. We have promise. And we have joy in our risen king. And just like Jesus said to Thomas, he said, blessed because you believe, but blessed are those who don't see and believe. And that's, that's us here this morning. That's why we're here celebrating our risen king. We haven't seen him yet. But one day, Soon, I hope, soon, we will see him again. And we will, well, again, we will see him face to face for what for us will be the first time. For some won't be the first time. But to see our risen king. And from then until now, the joy that we live in because of that promise, because of that hope. Hope And we've spent a little bit of time, and we're not going to review it all, but we've spent some time talking about joy, the, the story of the, of the eunuch and Philip, and that understanding that the eunuch came to, that man came to an understanding of who Jesus is, gave his life to Christ, rejoiced. Joy became part of who he was, that expression of that relationship with Jesus Christ. And then we saw where he said, there's water, what prevents me from being baptized? That next step of faith, that next Sunday, we'll celebrate out at Lake Pflugerville. And I hope the water's not too cold, but we'll be there next Sunday morning and have a baptism service and celebrate that outward picture that outward story of what Jesus did for us his baptism on the cross becomes our baptism in the flesh death of the old that's buried raised up in a new life raised up in joy to live in that hope and that promise that he is coming again and that he is coming he is coming for us so let's now ask you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's go to that text and look at a couple of verses there that will, um, that will wrap up our time together with this morning and, and talk about, again, that, that joy that we have. 
because again, what I, I, I know that you know this, I know that you believe this, but this is just so much more than a story. This is so much more than a story, but Paul writing to the church in Corinth, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 3, relating to them the things that he had passed on to them. I passed on to you what was most important and what has also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins. Just as the scripture said, he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve, and after that he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I have been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. For I am the least of the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way that I persecuted God's church. So much more than a story. Again, our hope on that cross, on that cross 2,000 plus years ago, Jesus for us became sin became sin and I want to just I want to spend just a second to talk about that because that has become that has become a point of of debate even in in some circles second Corinthians 5 21 it says he made him God made him who knew no sin to be sin in our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him and again there's there's a debate over what does that mean that he became sin. He became sin on our behalf. First, it doesn't mean that Jesus became sin or became a sinner because that's contrary to the teachings that we know in Scripture. Jesus, as the perfect man, uh, he couldn't become physical sin because, again, it would be contrary to what scripture taught but he took on our sin the the term is our sin was imputed on him our sin was placed on him he took our sin on his body even though he didn't sin personally he in our place of our guilt carried the weight of our sin and died for us. And here's, here's the, the, it's called a henna clause in that verse, so that, so that through him, as he bore our sin, as he took on our sin, our sin was attributed to him in his death on the cross, his righteousness is attributed to us. Not because of anything that we can do or because of anything that we have done, but because of him and through him, we now stand before God sinless. And our hope, our promise, 
our joy because of what Christ did for us is an eternity with him in heaven when he returns. And if that's not a cause for joy, I don't know what is. I don't know, I don't know what else that we could celebrate or what else needs to be celebrated more than the truth that because of what he did, because of standing in our place, because of our sins falling on him, he made us right with God. He made me right with God. And in my feeble mind, that's an impossibility. Because I know where I've been. And I know what I've done. And I know what I even do today. But Christ bore the weight of all of that for me. And for you. So that we have joy. So we don't just come together on Easter morning. Just to read that story. And just to... Not just to remember, but to celebrate what he's done for us. And I'm going to ask Joe and Lisa to go ahead and head this way as, as we, as we kind of wrap up uh, and get ready to worship. And there's, there's just something that I want to share with you this morning. And I know I share this so very often, but it's so very important for us to understand this morning. That, that joy that comes in that relationship with Jesus Christ, for him to carry our sins, for him to stand in our place, for him to be that source of joy for us, it, it requires something of us. It doesn't require money. It doesn't require work. It, it doesn't require... Uh, extra effort on our part it requires something that is really simple but gets so very complicated it requires surrender letting go of me and letting him have control of my life you know I told you just a second ago that I, I know where I've been and I know who I am. And it overwhelms me to think that he stood in my place. And the scripture tells us, all of us are sinners. All of us fall short of the glory of God. All of us deserve death, separation, and an eternity in hell away from God, away from Jesus Christ. But we also know in the word the promise, but God. But God sent his son who loves us, who stood in our place, who became sin for us so that we would know and we would carry and we would be the righteousness of God. He made us right. But again, it requires of us 
surrender to him. We can't just say, okay, and then keep on doing what we've been doing. We've got to surrender ourselves to Jesus Christ. We have to say to him, I can't do this. I need you. Take control of my life. Be my Savior. And so this morning as, as we worship, if you've never surrendered your life, you've never made that decision, you've never said, Jesus, be my king, we want to give you that opportunity this morning. As we worship, I will be in the back, Karen will be in the back, there's others here who could talk with you as well. We would love to talk to you about what that surrender means, that release of yourself, allowing him to have control and the peace and the joy and the freedom that comes in that and and that word we've been talking about for a few weeks joy joy like nothing else that you can experience because of that peace knowing what he did for you and then allowing him to work and lead and be your savior but it does it requires a yes from you a yes from you so as we worship this morning if he's calling you if he's calling you again if you're just not sure don't leave don't leave and just say i'll wait Find someone this morning. Let's talk this morning. Let's answer those questions this morning. Let's allow him to fill that emptiness this morning. Don't wait. As he calls, as he leads, you respond. Father, this morning as we, as we worship you, um, God, and as we, we celebrate in your word and we celebrate in the truth father of, of who you are what you've done uh, you sent your son to to save us he died in our place so that so that we could know and rest in your righteousness and we could be right with you and Father, this morning I pray that if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't know you as their Savior, Father, that has doubt or fear or anxiety over even just the idea of what all this means, that, Father, they would respond to your call this morning, that it's not just... Um, it's not just thoughts wandering around in their head, but, Father, they would understand that it's your voice speaking in their heart and calling them this morning to a new life in you. And Father, I pray, I pray that they would say yes and surrender their life to you. And, Father, I pray that for all of us, that we would say yes Every day we would say yes. That, Father, this morning we would even remember that time when we surrendered. And, Father, if we've...
if we've pushed you to the side, God, that we would bring you back into focus in the center of our hearts and our lives. So, Father, as we worship, you speak, we'll answer, we'll respond. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up and continue to worship.